I think it has. It's been a minute. Hello, everyone. This is Ricky Baez coming to you live from the A1A Beachfront Studios here in beautiful Orlando, Florida. Man, I, I'm not kidding. It's been about a month since the last time we talked. Actually, the last time we talked, we talked. It's just me here. JC's out doing his thing up in Buffalo. It's uh, graduation season, so he's doing family stuff right now with his um, um, over in Texas. He should be back soon. Uh, but I am flying the ship solo today. But I just, I just, I had to get back in the mic and uh, connect because a lot has happened since the last time we connected. Last time we connected, we were right. It was right before Space Coast's um, HR conference, and um, we did a thing over there. And then it has just been a whirlwind since then. Things are starting to calm down right now. We got a couple of interviews in the can for you to hear, but man, it has been. A insane last six weeks, which is a good thing, right? Considering with everything happening in the world today, in the business world for that matter, um, it's uh, there still are some clients who do need some help, and and boy, do they! Especially for recruiters, right? recruiters these days are having a really hard time bringing people on board or finding the right people for the right talent. So there definitely is a lot going on, but I do have a special interview for you today. But before we get there, got to tell you some things that are happening here at the Biasco Learning uh, World, as well as the HR Talk podcast. Um, If you are a recruiter, and you are or you're looking to become a recruiter and or you are a seasoned recruiter you're just tired of just getting ghosted left and right and you're just tired of making of uh trying to find the right talent for the right positions there is a free class that Biasco Learning is going to provide. This is on June 28th at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Recruiting in 2023 and beyond strategies for success. That is going to be delivered by my friend Janine Crocky and myself, Ricky Baez. That will be on June 28th live from the uh, A1A Beachfront Studios here in Orlando, Florida. It'll be, it will be um, uh, delivered via Zoom, but you have to register. You have to you it's it's free. You it is pre-approved for a uh, a a Sherman PDC credit, but you have to register to join this free event. So how do you register? You go to biasco.com and go to the learning class to the uh, classes tab. Biasco learning classes, click on there and you will be able to register. There'll be a link in the description of this uh, podcast for your ease. And shortly after that, that's a lot happening. Shortly after that, Janine actually and I are going to be at HR Florida 2023, and she and I are going to uh, to co-deliver another recruitment webinar, Recruitment and Retention in a New World, How to Attract and Retain Today's Top Talent. Folks, let me tell you, if you are not a recruiter, ask one. They will tell you what kind of issues they are having today. So in that HR Florida event, that is going to be on, actually, that is going to be here in Central Florida, August, no, yeah, it is. August 27th through the 30th is going to be at the Rose and Shingle Creek. You, tickets are still available. Register at hrfloridaconference.org. Again, that's hrfloridaconference.org. I'm going to be a speaker there. Janine's going to be a speaker. Our session is going to be on August 29th at 1.30 p.m., but there's going to be a lot of other sessions out there as well between those three days. That's going to be a blast. Now, 
I'm not done. That's, I'm telling you, there's a lot happening. Um, I will be at the Maryland Sherm Conference, State Conference, the Rising Tides of HR. This is going to be on October 1st through the 3rd at the Hyatt Regency in Chesapeake Bay Golf Resort over in Cambridge, Maryland. Tickets are also still available for that. Please go to Online. Dot sherm.org again that's h r a s and sam m as in man <laughs> or mike o online uh dot sherm.org i completely screwed that up don't worry about it that's going to be in the show notes as well don't 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 have to write that down but they're really it, they're, there's a lot of coming and then once jc schedule and my schedule calm down we'll be able um to actually bring a heck of a show for you because we have a lot in store in the next couple of weeks or so. But before we get there, I want to introduce to you. Actually, I don't have to introduce him because he's been on the show before. He is a keynote speaker, a trainer, a coach, and a best-selling author, communications and leadership consultant. He is Mr. John Verico. Now, John, John and I met over at the Sherm Con at the Maryland Sherm Conference last May. And that's when he and I met. He did an amazing job. He does his magic tricks. Uh, it's, every time he does a magic trick, I turn like a little, it's eight-year-old boy. I'm, a, I'm all excited. I see these tricks. And wait, I mean, I wish, I wish we would have done video for this interview that he and I did a few weeks ago because he does these magic tricks at the end. Uh, and it's just, uh, <laughs> I get easily entertained. But either way, we talked about about the uh, um, how to empower employees, how leadership affects the employees, and especially with everything happened in 2023 and beyond. So without further ado, please welcome back our very good friend, John Verico. Check it out. John the man. Sir, how have you been? Outstanding, Ricky. How about yourself, man? Doing good, man. It's been a lot. It's a lot has happened since the last time you and I met when we were at uh, um, in uh, Maryland. The Waves of Change uh, annual conference. Yes, yes. The, uh, the local Sherm conference there. That's right. That, so that's when you and I met. And, man, let me tell you, for anybody who does not know John... <laughs> You got to see his presentations and you got some amazing stories of back when you was in the Navy. And anyway, you, you entertained the entire crew, but that was last year. Now it's 2023. Can you believe it? It's 2023, man. 2023 is scary because, uh, because this year I'll be turning 65. You know what? And, and, and for the people who hasn't seen John, <laughs> you look at John and you're like, there's no way this dude is in is in his 60s because when you told me that last year i'm like dude i pegged you for either late 40s or early 50s but you're in your <laughs> 60s you, you you look really good for your age you know well th- th- you know what uh ricky i have to thank my my parents for that yeah um that was that was my inheritance my inheritance was a good <laughs> head of hair and high cholesterol high so, cholesterol uh, and a good head of hair those two go together yeah, i was like i'd be like you know hey hey dad you know i, I I could have used a little cash. I could have bought a rug. You know? uh, but... <laughs> oh, my cholesterol and a good head of hair. My parents were young looking. My yeah. father was, you know, my father, my father passed young. He was only 58, but wow. you know, he was married to a 32 year old and his, he was actually older than his father-in-law and his father-in-law didn't know it until the funeral. No um, way. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> Which was kind of, you know, it was kind of, kind of wacky. Um, 
and uh, and my mom was was super young looking. I mean, she just passed, as you know. Yeah. And uh, but she was eighty five. Wow. Uh, but you never would know it having looked at her. You know, you would have thought she was in her you know early sixties. And and she and her husband, by the way, her husband's seventy four. Just because oh. mom was a cougar. Right? She <laughs> you did husband, not just say that. <laughs> she and her husband, you know, performed in senior centers, and she was older than most of the residents. You know, it was just wow. Well, uh, so she what motivation and, would that be? That is, huh? What's that? What? What? I mean, like, what a motivation that is, right? You're in a senior center. You're there. You see somebody older than you performing uh, for you to keep you updated and and energized. Good for her. Yeah, yeah. She made all her own costumes and stuff. But mom was an entertainer her whole life. Okay. You know, so that's why I kind of got, I guess, I, guess got, I got a little bit of that bug from her. You know, she was actually in the Rockettes back in the early 50s. That's right. You did tell me that. And yeah, I found yeah. that fast. So you got three things. You got high cholesterol, young looks, and and the performance bug. Because you do it as well, right? So, but what have you been doing since the last? Because we we were in Maryland, had a great time um, last year, and then we we recorded about what you do and then what you're doing, and what have you been doing since then? Man, I have been uh, really incredibly busy trying to uh, do you know reach out to more people, and one of the things that is happening now actually is I got a new book coming out. Oh, uh, I'm a co-author. Uh, so I'm a contributing author to a, a book. It's a collection of uh, of chapters from other books. It's called uh, Cracking the Rich Code. And it's actually a series from Jim Britt. Okay. Um, and so uh, Cracking the Rich Code, this is the 10th book in the series. And I was invited to contribute a chapter to that. And so in that chapter, uh, I talk about uh, your legacy and the impact that you leave on other people and what you'll be remembered for. Hmm. And and I talk about, you know, you, you, most people think of their legacy as, you know, financial stuff, yeah. which is, you know, thus in the book, cracking the rich code. But this is about the richness of life, not not the riches of your bank account. Uh-huh. And so the whole premise there is to is to show people that the the legacy, the things that that mean the most, the things that people will remember you for was how you made them feel. Mm. Mm. And so mm-hmm. I, it's basically a combination of the lessons that I learned from mom, yeah. who was all about entertaining people and, and wanting to make people happy. And also from dad. And I think we've talked about my dad in the past, too. He was this hardworking blue collar guy. Yeah. Um, and so his. His whole thing was, you know, look, continue to learn every day, you know, stay in whether you stay in school or not. I prefer if you did, but but learn everything. Just yeah. just take the time and learn from every experience you have experience things try that food don't tell me you don't like it try it (laughs) and when you meet other people give them a chance Mm. don't make an immediate judgment based on their you know their 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 color their gender their size whatever don't make any judgments just give everybody a chance to to be part of things and to prove themselves and so that actually is one of the strongest lessons that I took with me into the work world as well. And so that goes to, you know, some of the stuff that I talk about in the HR community yeah. as well. Yeah. Right? We go through all of this process to hire people, right? We screen people going through, you know, making sure they've got the qualifications, that their, you know, their, their background is right. They got the skills that we need. 
They're going to be a good fit. And then they come into the organization bringing all these great new skills and new ideas. And the first thing we start doing is micromanaging. Oh, dude. <laughs> You're touching a nerve. You're touching a nerve, John. Okay, right? so no. Why would you go through all of that if you're going to tell them how to do what to do exactly what to do? Oh, okay. I got to jump in here real quick because I'm. You're giving me goosebumps, and here's why. Here's why, John. And, and yeah, I know HR goosebumps. Those things don't go good together. But here's the thing, John. I one of the things that I find frustrates me the most is when organizations focus so much on bringing somebody into the organization. And, I, and I've talked about this on the show before, and they they spend so much time and effort to make sure they feel welcome, if they do that at all, because some organizations don't even do that. But no, then once they come on board, they forget about the employee, right? There's no more pomp. There's no more, there's no more guidance for the employee. We did our job, quote unquote. We got them on board, and then that's it. Management, go ahead and take them. And one of the things when I managed an HR team that I, I wanted to make sure that I got across my team we want to make sure that the the what whatever time the employee spends in the organization has the same energy and excitement as we spend bringing them onto the organization right so you're so based on what I'm hearing about this book it talks about legacy yes but from an hr perspective or business perspective you want to leave a lasting impression from whether somebody doesn't get the job or somebody gets fired right you still want to leave that legacy right that's brilliant. It's so true. Yes. So yes. So this book. What what was your motivation? I mean, obviously, it, it's it, it's you and I have had a conversation about your parents and the and and the kind of uh, entertainment exposure or the exposure to the world that they brought to you. Um, I'm assuming that's part of the reason why you co-authored this book, right? Or is there another motivation behind it? Really, my my whole purpose is to try to. Um, illuminate for people the the real way that we need to learn to treat each other mm. right because and especially nowadays and looking in, at, at the craziness in society and and all of the discriminatory behaviors that are coming back around and really start people are more divided now than i've ever seen in my 65 years on this planet you mm. know and i was here you know for the race riots in the 60s and all of that stuff you know, so I've seen all this craziness. You know, my my, you know, parents' generation, you know, came up through through World War II and and and, and all of this stuff. And and I and I'm watching the danger signs. And I'm watching how people are have become so polarized. Mm. And so I'm trying to, to to make that shift if I can. Let's bring people back together. Let's stop looking at differences between people. And let's start looking at commonalities between people. You go to a, you go to a, a concert or a sports game, right? right. You look at that audience. Mm-hmm. They are a complete mixture of people. That's true. They're not all, you know, fully white, you know, 40-year-old men or whatever. They're, they're, I don't know, man. You'll never find me at a Taylor Swift concert. I don't know about that. <laughs> you would never see me you there. Know, um, she's quite attractive. I would go. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay, you know, yeah, she is. Music, but I'm not into country music. But you know, back in the day, my wife bought me a Shania Twain catalog. Oh gosh, uh, she's catalog, beautiful. Uh, calendar. Yeah, 
Yeah. Oh, well, Shania Twain. Shania Twain calendar, just because, I mean, I would look at the videos and just turn off the music. You know what? No, you proved me wrong. <laughs> I am 100% on board with you there. All right, I'm sorry. I interrupted. Go ahead. But, but no, I mean, that's all. Also, but when you're looking at, at, at people, they're, they're, you, all of a sudden you have something in common, right? You like that artist. You like that team. You're from that area. So instead of looking at somebody and saying they're different than I am, there's like, hey, we've got something in common. We both like the same thing. We both eat at the same restaurant. We, there's something that we have in common. So let's stop looking at the differences between us. You know, last year in the summer in Pennsylvania here, we had uh, the spotted lanternfly invasion. And there are these horrible little insects that have uh, really kind of taken over. And they're, uh, they're, they're kind of pretty, but they are an invasive species and they kind of devastate maple trees and they are in such prolific numbers yeah. that they're absolutely horrible. And so, you know, everybody tells you the, the best way to deal with spotted lanternflies, step on them, just, just oh, wow. kill them. You know? <laughs> okay. they're, they're this horrible invasive species and they do a lot of damage. So people of all walks of life are bonding with each other, you know, at the hardware store looking for stuff to, to kill spotted lanternflies. Right? You're, you're going in or out of the, the mall or in the parking lot, right? And this, these things are all over the place and people are like stepping out of their normal path just so they can squash some of these spotted oh, lanterns. Wow. And so, but, but all of a sudden, you know, people from, like I said, from all walks of life and we're bonding over these stupid, you know, spotted <laughs> lanterns. But we found a commonality, right? Okay. Your so, hatred towards something. Yes. Okay. I don't know yeah, if that. <laughs> this is how the world really works, right? We uh, find something that we have in common and all of a sudden we're now working towards the same goal. So there's an old uh, proverb, and I know you've heard it. It's about the starfish on the beach, right? Yep, heard I heard one? that. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if I've even, I may have even mentioned this last year, too. No, no, you have. So, but for the audience who hasn't heard it, go ahead. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. So uh, real quick, uh, the basic premise is that there is there's a beach that is covered with all you know, thousands of starfish that have been washed up uh, onto the sand. And, of course, they're, they're drying out in the sand and and. and, and, and you know, likely to perish. And so this little boy is walking down the beach and he picks up the starfish and he tosses it into the sea. He picks up another starfish and he tosses it back into the sea. And he keeps doing this. And an older guy is looking at him and he looks at this kid and he walks over and he goes, son, what are you, what are you doing? Um, there are thousands of starfish here and you cannot possibly make a difference. And so the kid looks at him for a second, then reaches down, picks up a starfish, tosses it back in the sea and says, I made a difference for that one. Yep. And that's a very, you know, deep, uh, you know, enlightening moment. But there's actually yeah. more to the story. And the story actually evolves. There's more. To, so, so while the man is watching this little boy continuing to do this, he's like, eh. he reaches down, he picks up one and starts tossing it. Now there's two people that's right. tossing that's the starfish right. back into the sea. And other people, as they're coming by, are watching this. And then all of a sudden, more people join them. And suddenly the beach is clear of starfish because people came together for this common cause. People from all walks of life, all differences came together as common cause to push, put the starfish back into the sea. That's the way the world is designed to work. And if you look at it, in, whether you're looking at it in the workforce, you're looking at it uh, in, a, in a sports team, whatever, in any environment, it all takes a group of people finding a common cause and working together towards that goal. So I love that 
I love that comparison. So I have to ask you, from an from a work perspective, from a motivation perspective, why do you think that most employees are not as open to different ideas than what they're used to unless they see somebody else doing it? Why does it take what why, why does it take the evidence of somebody else to do it successfully for somebody else to take that first step as well? You know, there's always a little bit of uh, of caution that people have about kind of stepping out. Okay. And and, and a lot of that stems from the, from kind of their own protecting their own puka, right? We're being being protective of themselves, right? If you stick your neck out too far, you know, you're like you're likely to get the axe. Yeah. So so some people are afraid to upset the apple cart. Mm. When they see other people starting to do it and they and they watch the reaction to that then they become more likely to try it themselves. Now, if somebody takes a chance and tries something a little risky and it fails and they get ostracized for yeah. it, you know, yeah. they're going to get a little bit more shy. So, you know, I worked with, with an organization. It was a research and development organization. And um, they would take 10% of the budget and put it towards projects that were pretty much likely to fail. Oh. Which basically says... I empower you to take risks and to try something different because if you can be successful, it'll be a game changer. Yeah. But if you're not successful, we've learned from that and we know what to try next. So people were encouraged to take risks. They were, uh, they were not afraid of failure because they were supported in the fact that they failed. So people were really energized and would would be more motivated to work together uh, and to to accomplish these you know kind of stretchy goals. A new management came in and said, "Uh-uh, we don't have the time or the money to waste on projects that aren't going to work, and so we're only going to work on things that are probably three quarters of the way there to start with, mm. so that we can guarantee success." Motivation completely dropped because then people felt like they didn't have any any input and their input wasn't welcome yeah. and they were not allowed to take risk. So and, and I and I look at this kind of perspective from from a lot of different types of work scenarios. So I actually worked a zillion years ago in an assembly line environment. Now there is no room for variance from the process correct right <laughs> they're assembly on right you know this part's got to go in this place and off it goes but i actually watched how people um worked with the process i mean it's it's a boring process especially when you're talking about uh an assembly line for circuit boards i mean literally you're picking i was up about to ask wow putting, okay <laughs> yeah. you're picking up you know like resistors and capacitors yeah. and transistors and plunking them in and and putting them in the soldering uh line so, I mean, it's a very tedious, boring process. So there was uh, one of the women who worked on the assembly line actually made up a song about the pieces. And I, I can't remember, remember, <laughs> but she actually would, 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 would like sing this little song to herself. And then others around it would just pick up. And then they, this here, and this and they, <laughs> They made it. They made it fun in order to do that, and then they would change it up every once in a while. <laughs> so, so, so that's somebody who decided to look at the glass half full, right? 
They knew mm-hmm. everything was boring, and they're like, you know what? We're here. Let's make it happen. Now, you was in the military. I was in the military. You know, in the military, they are the masters of coming up with little sayings, little ditties that we you can remember. I know when we were in infantry training, uh, JC and I, we would have to, you know, just crawl, get up, and then make sure that you do whatever you got to do, and then get back down. The ditty for that was, I'm up, they see me, I'm down. Crawl. I'm up, they see me, I'm down, crawl, I'm up. So when you're doing it in real life, I mean, if I had to do it in real life, that in my head, it reminds me, don't stay up too long because then somebody could snipe your head off. (laughs) I'm up, they see me, I'm down. So that's interesting. You say that because it's especially now, John, we are three years post-pandemic, three years well, in this new world, whatever this this new world is, and I believe, I I I 100% I agree with what you're saying. There are there, there there's too much division here. And then you add people still working from home, people still not wanting to come back into the office. There's this is big fight in corporate America now. We were hiring like crazy 2 years ago and now the pendulum swung the other way and now this mass layoffs. What advice do you give leaders out there to keep people engaged because people are people have options now, man. And they don't have to stay at this W2 employment anymore. So how do you keep employees engaged? The main thing is to make sure that they realize that they matter, that the work matters, that that they are a valued part of the team. And so that has always, but that's always been the case, yeah. right? If you want to keep people on board, they, they need to feel like they make a difference. Mm. They need to feel like what they do matters. And so, um, the fact that people are no longer working side by side and hand in hand and be able to sit there and yell over the half wall to the to the person in the next cube or or whatever. Hey, you want some popcorn, uh, right? <laughs> Just you know, right, yeah, peek over yeah, to get right. to get a smell, quick break. You don't smell the popcorn when somebody's making it. You don't get to share in the donuts if somebody brought in. Conversely, some. you didn't get to smell Bob, you know, reheating fish in the microwave. <laughs> Just gonna go the fish route too. It's yeah. There, there are some pluses. Yeah. Some, it's also you know. Also, you don't have to smell Bob who didn't shower last night. Either, so. <laughs> That's right. God knows how so many conversations I've had about that. <laughs> yeah. But I found that that as long as as you still make people feel like they're included, no matter where they are and no matter what they're doing, and make sure that they they feel like they are still making a difference. And that's whole. That's the whole thing about about teamwork, right? Um. Team, again, you know me and my acronyms, right? Team is an acronym, yeah. right? T stands for trust, right? Tells me that 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 you trust uh, what I'm doing. So let's go back to that organization that uh, that created, the, that put aside a budget. The 10%. For projects yes. that are likely to fail, yeah. right? So what happened was the boss says, I trust you to do your best and to give this a shot. I empower you. Mm to do the things you need to do to achieve the goals. I'm going to hold you accountable for the results. And I know that whatever you do, can I guess it? You're going to make a difference. Oh, I was going to guess it wrong. I was going to say you're going to measure it. So yeah, make a difference. Got it. Got it. Okay. You make a difference. So trust, empowerment, accountability, making a difference. I like that. Hold on. Cause normally I always thought it was together. Everybody achieves more. Right. But you said trust, accountability, empowerment, and making a difference. Yeah. Trust, so, empowerment, accountability, and making a difference. So John, help me out here, man. 
what do you tell those business leaders that they're like, okay, that that's fine, John. That's hunky-dory stuff. We're here to work. We're not here to trust. We're here to make money. We are a for-profit organization. What do you say to those leaders? So it's really easy, right? If you've got a disgruntled team, if your people don't feel like they're making a difference, they're not going to try hard. And it's your team that is probably producing your product or interacting with your customers. It's mm. not you, CEO, right? So if you think about that, how is your company being represented by your end product or by your customer service or the interaction or your sales team or whatever? If those people are not happy and if they don't feel like what they do matters, they're not going to give it their all. They're not going to come forth with a positive attitude. And so I, I'm not going to buy from somebody who doesn't doesn't come across as excited about their product. You got that right. right. <laughs> you yeah. got that 100% you know, right. I, you know, and I've used the restaurant example a lot because, you know, being a double X Adonis like I am, you can tell <laughs> I love food. I'm sorry. Did you just call yourself? I love that double X Adonis. Can I use that? <laughs> yeah, sure. That's awesome. Sorry. And I'll even, Caught I'll me off guard with that you. one. I'll, 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 even, I'll even reduce my fee for letting you use it. <laughs> awesome. Uh, but no, you know, I, you know I, I love food and I love restaurants. And so I'll go to a restaurant where the food is mediocre and, and the service is great because they feel like I'm appreciated for coming. Yes. Right? Where rather than a place that might have the best food in the world, with their their service is snotty or they don't pay attention or they're you know, it's less than than stellar. No, so I, it's not always about the quality of your product or even your brand name. It's about how that's represented by your employees. So it goes back to exactly what we were talking about before, right? If you want to make a difference, if you want your product and your company to stand out. Keep your people happy. Oh, dude, it's it, it, you are. Uh, see, I'm getting more goosebumps. This, I'm getting more goosebumps here with this stuff, and that's how how I know I'm getting old, John, because this is the stuff that gets me excited. This and buying a new Dyson um, a vacuum cleaner. Have you ha, have you had the pleasure of using the Dyson? You know what? We're getting ready to replace ours because we've used it so much. It's it's practically on its. It is. I, I bought one about five years ago, and I was so excited. And I'm like, what am I doing? Why am I acting like this is the new Super Mario Brothers game back from 1988? <laughs> but no, so so I get excited over these things because here's the thing. Here's the thing. I Because I'm also I'll tell a you something about Dyson. Yeah. It's not just a great product. They have good service. Yes. Yeah, I, they stand yep. behind it. Yep. I needed to get parts, and they were like, they were right on. They are no so, joke, are they? They are really yeah. good at what they do. And you're right about the whole restaurant analogy, right? If you have the best restaurant, the best food in the world, but if you got crappy service, no one's going to come back. But if you got mediocre food, and I get there, and the and so here here's why this this uh, story gets me. Many moons ago, before I was in HR, I used to be a telecom engineer for a company called Tel Lab Operations out of Lincolnshire, Illinois, and I had to Even go to. to say. <laughs> well, yes, because I've done this so many times, um, and I had to fly to the Dominican Republic a bunch of times, and I went to to this one restaurant in the Dominican Republic, and they had this one dessert, and it's called majarete, which what it is is like think rice pudding but with corn. 
oh my god, it's so good, it's so good. And I asked the, it's a small hole in the wall restaurant. I'm like, hey, obviously in Spanish, do you have any majaretes? He's like, oh my god, I'm sorry, we don't. I'm like, it's it's all good. The guy was, he wanted to make my day. And I'm like, okay, no, don't worry about it. It's so good. I could get one from from across the street. No, 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 no. Don't worry about it, dude. I'll have some rice, some some beer, and I'm good. I fly out. I come back three months later, John. I go into that same restaurant. The guy recognizes me. Hey, come over here. I got a surprise for you. He had my harete on the menu. On the menu. Yep. Brought it back. He remembered yep. me. So guess what? When I took my family back there again to 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 the what restaurant that I go to, single. That's right, because they yeah. made me feel like I mattered. The food was okay, but that that making you feel like you matter as a customer. I'm going back. Imagine as an yeah. employee. Yeah. Oh, and I just had a similar experience. I was up in Connecticut on a work trip. I haven't been up there in uh, pre-COVID, yeah. probably five years, actually, a couple of years prior. And the last time I was there, I had gone to this uh, a little local place. Uh, I think there were five or six tables in the whole little restaurant. Um, and I had gotten uh, a grilled salmon and, uh, and sautéed spinach and their rice pudding. And I raved about it. It was really, really good. So now I, I'm, I walk in. It's five years later. And I'm sitting there, and the waitress is not familiar to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but she comes over and, and takes my order, and she goes in the back, and the owner comes out and says, you're not going to have the salmon and spinach. <laughs> love it. I love and, it. And, 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 and another, another restaurant that I had, had gone to in the, in the past, uh, it was actually in the hotel I was staying at. Yeah. And I hadn't, again, it's been five years and uh, I'm, I'm sitting there and I was ordering, um, oh, I can't think of the, of the, the name of the dish. It's a, it's seafood uh, usually served over pasta. Gumbo? No. Seafood over pasta. No, no, no. no that's, that's way off. Uh, oh my God. It, it, it'll, it'll come to me. But yeah. anyway, it's, <laughs> it was, um, you know, mussels and and uh calamari and and chunks of uh swordfish and all kinds of oh wow okay oh it was great shrimp uh i'm hungry john why are you doing this to me man i'm hungry right now (laughs) that sounds good uh but but anyway because i'm gluten-free i can never have have it over Uh, over the pasta yeah so they had offered me the opportunity to put it over sauteed spinach Mm. and so so I, I I sat down and I and I went to order this same dish which I, I loved and she says do you want that over the spinach? Look at and that. I said yes I do. She goes she goes great. She goes uh, and I and I won't bring you the bread. And I'm looking at her. She said she said you're you're still gluten free right? I said yeah. Wow, said, that's amazing. Yeah. She goes yeah. I remember she goes for breakfast you used to usually sit over in that corner table. Dude, isn't that the best, though? I mean, I don't yeah. care how much they charge me. As long as I get that service, I'm going back. I'm yeah, I going back. Appreciated. Yep. And that's really what it comes to. In, in life, that's all anybody really wants. In the long run, it's not about money. It's not about anything else. It's about feeling like you matter to somebody else. Wow. And and. And you know what, John? It really is that easy. And unfortunately, people find it hard, find a way to make that hard. But it really is that easy. And and I'm so glad you're bringing this to the forefront. And yes, we're talking about food. But look, 
any <laughs> smart restaurateur knows they're not in the food business. They're in the people business. That's that's why they are. As long as a human being is buying your product, you are in the people business, and that's what keeps people coming back. And as a and leader, translate that to any other business line, mm, mm-hmm. any other business line. That's right. And you need you need to rely on people to buy your product. Yep. If you're not making those people happy, they're not going to buy your product. They're not. If you need people to sell your product, you, I mean. No matter what it is, whatever, no matter what business line you're in, you're always ultimately in the people business. That's right. And for your employees as well. They're human beings, and as long as you treat them like they belong and you empower them. So what's that acronym? It's TEAM. So that's trust, accountability, yep. empowerment, and make a difference. Making a difference. Oh, God. I, I, oh, see, I, I didn't even yeah. write it down. <laughs> but, yeah. So trust, empowerment accountability, making a difference. And so all the leaders listening out there, it really is easy. It really is easy. Just deploy those skill set. Deploy that rationale to your employees. Now, you're going to have some employees that are not going to respond to that. That's fine. They don't belong with you then. You have, you leaders, you are responsible for creating a culture where the right employees are living and breathing that culture that's going to translate to your customers. And don't be afraid to cut off the fat for the people who don't really share that same value. It's okay to let them go and let them find their team, let them find their things, but focus on your people and things, great things would happen. And, you know, I'm glad you mentioned the word value. Uh, because because that's another thing that I'm actually doing. You'd ask me what I've been doing. I just I recently started a, a podcast myself. Oh, what's it called? It's called A Show of Values. Show of values. And I'm with a, a colleague of mine who's in the UK. Her name is Annalisa Landa, and she uh, is uh, uh, a values trainer uh, over in the UK. She actually teaches around the world as well. And so she and I have teamed up on A Show of Values, and we talk about how our our core values influence our decisions and our behaviors uh, and all of that. And the way we behave, and the way we respond to those things that either appeal to our values or go against our values is really how we behave in society and how we treat other people. John, okay. I need to, I need to check this out. Is this live yet? It is. Uh, there's only two episodes up so far. Uh, we've been working to try to record a third. We're actually going to have a guest for our third uh, there's been a little delay, of course, with the the family funerals and stuff yeah. that recently uh, went through. So that is kind of delayed our our time to record. But we'll be getting our third episode up in the near future. It's called a show of values. You can find it. The best way to find it is actually to go to Linktree. Okay. Uh, so it's l i n k t r dot e e. Send me the link. I'll put it on the show notes. Show of values. Yeah. I'll put it on the show notes that way people can access. Because oh, there I, we go. There yeah. we go. I'll put it on there. And the book. What the uh, so, so the, the book. The book is called Cracking the Rich Code. Got it. Cracking the Rich Code. And where can people find it? Uh, well, it will be on Amazon, but you won't get the version that has my picture on the cover. That. <laughs> So, and it's endorsed by Tony Robbins. I see that. Um, I see that. Right. Yeah. Look at that. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, so if you want the the version that has my picture on the cover as co-author, then then you have to order it directly through me. You'll be able to get it through my website. So, 
and that's going to be a link tree because I'm going to go ahead and put that in the show notes. That way people can access it, and they and and that's how they can get in contact with you in case they want to talk to you a little bit further about about well, how or, to or show value on a team. Goes, yeah, or just just go to my website johnverico.com. How do you spell that? J O H N V E R R I C O dot com. And for those of you who are former military, it's Juliet Oscar Hotel November. <laughs> Victor Echo Romeo Romeo India Charlie Oscar dot com. Oh man, you did that without flinching. I gotta think nowadays. I mean, what is it? What is it? Pluto? No, it's Papa. That's what it is. It's Papa. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So look, John, it, it's it's been great catching up, and you and and it seems like you're pretty busy. So we got to get caught up again. We have to do another show, man. So I'm going to check out the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the podcast and I'm also going to check out that book. So I'm going to order it through your website because I do want to check that out. So what are three things right as we close? What are three things that you want leaders to walk away with from the show? It's just three key things. So three, three key things I would say, first of all, Give your people a chance to prove themselves. Give them the trust. So to that, that you show them, sorry, show them that you trust them to do what you need them to do. And they in turn will trust you. Mm -hmm. And if they trust you, then they'll share their ideas more. And then finally, I would say, remember, that you are in the people business, no matter what your business line is. Mm. So empowerment, trust, which just comes back to you and remember the business you're in, which is the people business. John, it's a pleasure to have you on brother. It really is, man. You know, you know, my friend, it's, it's always good uh, getting together with you. And uh, I, I hope that we can do this again more. You know how, you know, my favorite acronym, of course, is not just the team acronym, but it's also the torch acronym. And the, and the T is still trust. Uh huh. But it, it torch acronym is trust, opportunity, respect, communication, and humanity. Oh, wow. And if we include all of those factors, then that will light our motivational torch. And it'll give people that light that they might need to spread to others. No, you did not. <laughs> and you can take that light uh, and share it. Yes. <laughs> okay. For people who did not see what just happened, right? I'm going to put this clip, this this particular clip online. That way people can see it. Are you okay with that, John? Can I Absolutely. put that clip? Because I love you did that last time and you remember it. I love it. You did the whole light thing, which I dude, I'm like a kid in the circus, man. And th- things like that really get me going. So I really appreciate it. I love how you was building that up, man. I really appreciate that. I'm gonna put this clip on there. John, it's a pleasure to talk to you, brother. And definitely you will be back on the show if you're willing to come back on. We're gonna have a lot more episodes coming on. And and you know what, Ricky? Uh we'd love to have you on our show as well. Uh I was waiting uh, for the invite. Jeez. Talk about core values. Excellent. Well, let's work that out. I'll get our interns on it. We don't have an intern anymore. It's okay, but I will take care of it. All right, folks. Thank you very much. Have a good one and good night. Love your people. Talk to my people. There you go. All right. He always gets me with those magic tricks. 
I'm going to see if I can get a clip of that and uh, actually put it out there so you can see what I saw. I'm just easily entertained, folks. So you can reach John if, you, if you're looking to connect with him and uh, or just get to know about him. He is at johnverico.com. That is John, V-E-R-R-I-C-O.com. You'll be able to reach him there. And, of course, if you wanted to connect with us here at Bicycle Learning or HR Talk Podcast, or if you're just looking for somebody to come out and do your MC events or um, just be a fraction. HR director for you, you can contact us at Biesco.com. That's www.baezco.com and we'll be able to help you. So that's our show. Thank you very much for tuning in, folks. JC and I will be back again in a couple of weeks and we have a heck of a show for you. Have a good one, folks. Drive safe. Good night. Good night.